You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by my co-host, Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. jump right into things here um we're gonna start off with i think the elephant in the room where and i both agree it, it's impossible not to uh not to talk about this and we usually start with our little preamble our little bullshit how you been but i wanna i think we both want to start off by just talking about uh a passing not only in the haps community the hockey community but also the french canadian community um across the entire nation uh guy lafleur passed on april 22nd um succumbing to his battle with cancer um there's a lot we're gonna we're gonna talk there's a lot we need to say but first and foremost um i'd like to issue my condolences uh not only to his family but his friends and everyone he's he's ever impacted you know this is a massive loss for canada really this entire nation and uh, taken too soon, I believe Guy Lafleur was only 70 years old. Um, it's just an absolute shame, and it's a tragedy. Yeah, um, that really wrecked my my day. And I think I was working. Um, I was working an event, um, and I saw it come across, and I just. I couldn't help but like, like I just wanted to go tuck myself in like a an empty room and just watch highlights and you know like just have just think about them and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, condolences to his family. Um, he fought a tremendous battle. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not sure if it was his cancer that you know that took his life, but uh, even all, uh, I just beyond the hockey community. It's just a, a sad day. He was a, uh, he, you know, I've never met him, but he seemed to be like a joy to be around. Um, he was one of the guys that, you know, this fucking kid's dream. I was like, you know, if I have a get to go to a game or I get to go to Canada, like, like he's one of those guys that was like my idols and, I was like, I'm going to get Gila Florida signed something and, you know, shit like that. And it's, uh, it's tough. It was, re- it was really hard on me. He was one of the first, uh, Canadians I was shown, um, as a kid and like really sparked my interest, uh, for, for this team. And just, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like he was definitely, I mean, we all kind of know this, but he was definitely like an icon, but for me, he was like someone I was showed very early on, uh, made a tweet about it. Um, my neighbor was was a coach for a uh, Baton Rouge little young kids hockey team. Um, and I remember my mom was always cool with me 
hanging out with him. He was in his like twenties and shit. Uh, but he was a firefighter. Um, my mom really respected him and he was a really cool guy. Um, cause he'd see me outside and I'd be playing hockey by myself and shit. So he'd come and play with me. Um, but he, uh, he his room he had like a bunch of cool like old older fucking hockey stuff which got me loving that era um but i remember um this one memory was of uh watching like it was like on google looking at old fucking players that he liked and he showed me gila floor and i was like every you know photo you show me his hair is like blown back (laughs) <laughs> and he was like, oh, it's because he was just he was just that fast, you know, like he was just insanely quick um, and skilled and shit like that. And like that's still stuck in my head. I was like in kindergarten, you know, well, maybe maybe first grade, you know what I'm saying? And I was just like, wow, like this is awesome. Like this guy skates around and his hair is just blowing the whole time. <laughs> they didn't call him Le Demain Blonde for no reason. Yeah. Um, it, it dude honestly i was i was having a tough day that day i was really upset I, I still am because it's like you know there's that kid inside of me that was just like one day i was gonna i was gonna have gila fleur sign something or i was i was one day i would shake his hand or i'd meet him and i'm sure everyone who got the chance to meet him has um amazing stories about him there's been twitter it's just been you know two what? days ago were filled with just hilarious and and really heartfelt stories about him it's funny you mentioned that because it seems like absolutely true that he would have shaken your hand and taken the time to speak to you. Just, you know, some random guy from Louisiana, when you, you spoke about um, people on Twitter having all these stories, what I noticed was that it seems like everyone has a Guy Lafleur story. Everyone has a photo with him and you know, I've heard it and I think it's validated and it's true. He took time for absolutely everybody. Mm-hmm. And that was the kind of guy Guy Lafleur was. He, he took time out of his day to interact with the fans. And I think even possibly for people of my generation, it's hard to understand. And I think it's even harder for if we have any American listeners and for yourself, Corey, to understand the impact that Guy Lafleur had on the province of Quebec. Um, Lafleur was one of the last, you know, icons during the era of real um, strife between the Anglophone and Francophone communities in in Canada. Um, you still see it today, but it's nothing like what it used to be. I wasn't alive um, when it happened, but, you know, we learn about it and we spoke, we speak about how Maurice Richard was an icon because, you know, he represented French Canadians and their battle and, you know, kind of their national, their national pride that they have as a nation. Mm -hmm. And Guy Lafleur was, you know, not to that, but almost as impactful. He was, you know, a prominent French Canadian player, you know, arguably probably one of the best players in the league for a while. One of the greatest Canadians to ever play the game. One of the greatest hockey players to ever play the game. And he represented French Canadians. So his impact, not only through hockey, but through what he did for his nation, you know, the French nation in Quebec. um, It's just, it's hard to even describe. And I don't even think I fully um, can respect it right I'm 20 and this happened years ago but I even hear stories from my father 
when he lived in Ottawa, like it was, there was real, um, like hatred between two communities. There was a lot of anger and it's, you know, I think it's something that, uh, Quebecers won't forget. And it's why, uh, Quebec has announced that he's going to get a state funeral. So the whole, the province of Quebec is holding a state funeral for Guy Lafleur and it's very well earned. Um, we're recording this Sunday as we usually do. There is going to be an absolute bombshell of a memorial at the Bell Center. Um, they've announced they're doing something. It's the Habs, so you know it's going to be big. It's going to be heartfelt. There was a laundry list of icons coming in. Uh, the Roadrunner, Yvonne Corn- Cornoyer, uh, Nylon, uh I can't even begin to, there's a bunch of Habs legends coming in uh-huh. to be there for this ceremony. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be emotional. Uh, I even saw in Calgary. Um, well, there's a bunch of teams, Boston, the Leafs all had very nice um, ceremonies. The senators did something too. Calgary had a minute long standing ovation and there were people in the crowd crying, wearing Liffler jerseys and, you know, the impact he had, I think it's hard to get this. I don't think you see this a lot in other sports where players have this sort of emotional impact on a lot of their fans. Um, mm-hmm. But especially in a nation like Canada, where hockey is religion, it's something you see. And yeah, I just, I wish I could have seen him play. And I don't think I'll fully understand um the impact he had but i can try to appreciate it and i think that um it's gonna be a spectacle tonight and i hope lefleur and i'm sure he will will get the uh send off that he he rightfully earned and deserves um i think he like like i love that you touched on like like people outside of of the canadians like other teams and stuff like that like i think gila floor was like one of those players that you know, he played for three teams, but he transcended just his fan base. Like, I think there were just tons of people that just idolized Guy Lafleur, whether or not he played for their their team. You know, like, I think he just came across as, a as like, a lovable guy. Like, he could be on your rival team, but he was just, one, that excellent to see, and then, two, just a stand-up fucking guy. Um, yeah, um, I can't imagine, um, it's going to be sad, but, um, I just think it's really awesome that they're doing such a big funeral forum, uh, at the bell, uh, not the bell, uh, at the forum. Um, I guess another, another thing <laughs> that like kind of destined me to like Guy Lafleur was back to my neighbor, um. You know, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for uh, since I since I joined, <laughs> hopefully since the beginning. But, uh, you know, my story into why I love hockey, um, it just starts mainly with the Mighty Ducks because um, it was just I was a child and it was a sport we didn't have down here. And I really fucking loved it. And then we got the brass down here. So it like it jump started my love for the game and. 
uh, Mason, who's probably never seen it. I think we had a whole discussion about how he's never seen this shit. But um, so one of the kids on the team is named Guy, um, and he wears a Canadian's jersey. And obviously he's like, you know, trademarked after Guy Lafleur. Um, and I, <laughs> I remember that as a kid. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, like I was like, this guy's awesome. And then my neighbor was like, uh, you know, pointed out in a movie like this kid's character has to be named after Guy Lafleur specifically because uh, they didn't have fucking uniforms um so the kids the kid wore a canadian's jersey that just had d5 um duct taped on it or you know drawn on it or whatever uh and i was like oh that's fucking awesome and it, it wasn't my favorite character or anything but i thought that was badass that he was such a, <laughs> a beloved icon that they they threw like a kid being like his favorite character you know his favorite player um I mean, what can we say, dude? This this guy won just about everything you fucking could in hockey. Um, beloved. Uh, it makes me want to reread Ken Dryden's book, The Game, um, because I remember when I first read it, I loved that a lot of the locker room talk was just Guy Lafleur fucking with people or just, like, trying to keep it interesting, keep it fun and light in the room. Um, you know, I, from someone that's so far away from hockey – and from his favorite team, um, it made me feel closer. Um, I think Ken Dryden's book, it's, it's the reason why it's one of the best sports books or really just um, as it would be a biography in general is, is it was his ability to, to make you feel like you were like a fly on the wall in the room. Um, and just those, those moments of him talking about Guy pranking people or, or just getting loud was really really awesome and it's something that always sticks to me but uh man uh i don't know just rest in peace give before like i don't know what else to say i'll just keep fucking rambling because you know i've idolized this dude since i was probably like 10 years old well i think it's funny um and kind of telling stories of gila flair i got a uh an interesting story from my father actually um the habs in the draft i think they were i don't i don't know they traded up they traded up to first place it was sam pollock to draft guy lafleur and <laughs> there was actually uproar in quebec when he was initially drafted because there was another french canadian by the name of marcel dion who was drafted second overall that fans <laughs> were pissed. They wanted Marcel and, you know, Marcel Dion turned out to be a phenomenal player, top 10 in the NHL in points. But I think it's clear that uh, the Habs made the right choice. Um, Guy Lafleur going on to win how many, how many cups, six, six cups, I think six or seven. He's got five cups, uh, five. Three, three Ross, three Pearson, the 76, 77 Smythe, and two hearts. First player to score 50 goals in six consecutive years and 50 and 100 points in six consecutive years, too. Wow. It, the Habs made the right choice. I just think it's funny. You know, hindsight's always 2020. And well, I think it's I think it's funny that you brought up Marcel Dion. I, I love that. <laughs> I'm sure it was like a when we, uh, drafted uh, 
Kotka Niemi, like with that woman, that forever meme that she'll always be. I'm sure it was like that, but in in 71, <laughs> people just like, what the fuck's going on? But uh, his one year uh, that he played with New York, he actually, uh, that was 88, 89 season. He played with Marcel Dion. They were the two 37-year-old fucking veterans on that team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, and, you know, they were both still producing, which is crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess there's not much more we can say. Well, we could say a lot more. No, yeah, no, we, we could, we could, I mean, keep going on. He had 18 goals for 45 points that year. He also, uh, Chris, Chris Nyland was on that team too. And, uh, fucking dude, a young Brian Leach was on there. There's a, there's a lot of great people on this team. Uh, Doug Wickenheiser, uh, <laughs> whose daughter is Haley Wickenheiser, who's like one of y'all's like uh, highest gold medal winners in uh, women's hockey. You're talking about the greatest women's hockey player ever. There you go. Yeah, so I didn't didn't get a lot of that growing up. Uh, Didn't know what that was. (laughs) I knew it was, but I didn't like Yeah, she's unreal. Haley Wickenheiser played in five Olympics. Mm-hmm. She won four gold and a silver, and she played in the Summer Olympics. Oh, sick! <laughs> when there was when there was softball. Oh, cool! That's yeah, badass. so she is one of the greatest athletes ever, and she's actually, if I'm not mistaken, which I don't think I am, uh, Doctor Haley Wickenheiser. Now she got her um, wow. doctorate at uh, U of U of T, the University of Toronto. Cool. Post career. So an absolute yeah, Just a legend. Badass. Yeah. Big up Haley Wickenheiser. <laughs> I saw, I'm not gonna lie. I was looking at I was looking at the, the roster and I was like, why is that last name so like it's just standing out and I clicked it? I was like, oh yeah, that's that like really, really awesome uh Canadians player. Well, uh, Canadian uh woman's athlete from the Olympics. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah no yeah she she has like 300 points in like 250 career games for that for wow. the Canadian women's team like she's that's unreal yeah and i just looked it up she has pursued a medical yeah so she does have her medical degree and she's i guess she i think she's working for the leafs right now player development but yeah, no, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal player and person. Um, moving, moving on though, we do have some other uh, current Habs things to talk about. But first, I think we have a message from our partners at DraftKings. We sure do. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And moving on to our next topic, uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind uh, as far as shit just going on in the league, but we've really never delved into Carey Price yet. And I guess it made sense not to do it right away. We talked about just how awesome it was to have him back and the goosebumps, but now is a great chance. Uh, he's got, what, four games under his belt now uh, into the season. And uh, shit, I think this is as as good as we're gonna get um, to to talk about him because I feel like before it was just all the hype of of getting a chance to to see Carey Price back, and uh, you know it was just I guess tasteful jitters and shit like that. But now we're a couple of games in, and um, I feel like this is a, I mean it's never not a good time to talk about Carey Price, but I think we can delve into it a little bit. No, definitely. And I do think we touched on Carey Price a little bit. I think we we talked about his first game back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we did. But it was just like it was more of we were just excited and it was it was like how we felt and how it it felt to have him back. But I think we never really were able to talk about his play as of late. Uh, unfortunately, we did miss the Wednesday, the Wednesday episode. So we're a little behind on, on having him having them talked about no definitely um carry price uh i think it's first three games no first two for sure zero goal support i thought he played pretty well um it was interesting to see his comments he made you know talking about getting to talk to his daughter between the intermission apparently he went over there like every commercial break <laughs> you know so that's a special moment for him definitely um i i think price is kind of I want to say settling in. He had a pretty bad game against the Sens, and the Habs had some horrible defense there. It wasn't entirely his fault, but you give up six goals. It's not, you're not going to win a hockey game. Yeah. Look, I think Price kind of, I don't know if you've seen these comments, Corey. He kind of summarized, I think, what a lot of fans have been feeling. And I thought it was really interesting to hear it coming from him. He said he wants to remain with the team. Uh, to paraphrase, he wants to remain with this team. He doesn't want to go anywhere else, but he doesn't want to be a burden. And I think that's Price acknowledging his contract. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I, he's not, you know, he knows he makes too much money. <laughs> I think yeah. he's aware. He's not able to perform the way he could. He also spoke about being frustrated by not being able to come back and play and Look, I don't think people are putting too I think people are putting too much stock into how he plays this season. I don't care how he plays this season. The Habs are playing for nothing. Price doesn't need to play well. He just needs to play. Yeah. Uh, my whole synopsis of, of, of like what, what I was going to base my, this conversation on, on, on my point of view, was just that I feel like this is just reps. This is just getting him even more in game shape, I guess you could say. Um, but his comments, I i mean, we, we talked about it before. I, I think it makes sense. And I, I like that he's aware, you know, uh, and I'm sure 
this takes a toll on mentally, you know, um, like a, a man's going to not complain about getting $10 million. Um, but a who guy would? who, yeah, who would, but a guy who loves his team and loves the organization and wants, you know, the best for them, someone like Carrie Price is going to fucking, you know, he's going to take it to heart and he's going to, you know, I guess that's where these comments are, you know, like where they're stemming from. Um, and I think we touched on it a little bit, or at least I, this was something I, I said the previous uh, time we talked about him was, you know, the, the price thing, as far as how much he's making, not his last name. Um, it, it's tough, but I think he's still, he's, he's not done. He might be done as being, the you know 60 plus games a year guy i think he can still do it but i think his role can be better kept as 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 mentoring and and, and being there to help what whoever we decide is going to take that burden um i don't see him moving i think we're past that um and i don't think i don't think we can base these these four games uh really on just carry price. The last two were a bit tough to six goal games on him. Um, but the first two weren't, weren't that bad. In fact, the Minnesota game got away from him, but two goals on a team that's been fucking outscoring everybody and is having such a tremendous season. Um, I think that's really good on a guy who's just stepping on the ice after his first game back. Um, I think this team's in, in shambles <laughs> since fucking since uh, uh, the trade deadline. We've we've lost kind of our our edge, and we kind of knew that was going to happen. We also but... lost a lot of really good players. Yeah, <laughs> we lost arguably three of the I'd say top six players who on this team, and I think mm-hmm. some people would argue they were they were better this year, like on that list. Yeah. Cool. This team wasn't, you know, people, I, I love that. I can't believe there are Dominic Ducharme apologists still. Like, how, how are there Ducharme sympathizers? How do they exist after what we witnessed? After Cole Caulfield just scored his 20th goal. He had one goal in 30 games under Ducharme. He's on pace with St. Louis. Corey, like we talk about, we've spoken about this a lot. I'm going to hit it. Very briefly here, he's on pace for 44 goals. Zegris, you know, famously at the start of the year, said he was going to get 40. He's on pace for that under St. Louis. And I know people will say, oh, well, it's a small sample size. It's like 34 games, dude. It's yeah. not that small of a sample size. Maybe he wouldn't have got 40. He would have got 30, okay? Mm-hmm. The fact that people are still saying, oh, well, St. Louis got the similar rec- record to Ducharme. Team's been absolutely gutted. And for those saying, I don't want to go through another year of this. Guess what? It's going to happen. It's going to get worse. (laughs) You better go pick another team. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, to add more onto that point, I don't fucking care if Price goes, oh, and for what, if Habs lose all of the next four games, when I watch the game, I'm rooting for them. Don't get me wrong. I'm rooting for them to win. Even though my brain says don't, my heart, I root for them to win every game I watch. But right now, while I'm not watching the hockey game, I can clearly tell you, I don't fucking care if they lose. I hope they do. Because 
you know what, first, second, or third, you're going to get a good player. Mm -hmm. I'm confident with this group of management, we're going to get a good player. You're going to get Shane Wright, Slavkowski, uh, Namich, or Logan Cooley, or a Jiracek, who I actually prefer to Namich. So you're going to get an absolutely elite player who's going to possibly play next year, if not the following year. And they're going to perform in the league for a very long time. So, yeah, I just think it's great that Price is getting back out there and playing. And would it help his confidence if he could stop a few more pucks? Probably. But I think Price knows that it... Look, Price is a how-many-year veteran in the NHL? Like, 15-year NHL veteran, close to, right? Yeah, he's at 15 years. Well, this year is, you know, kind of... Yeah, he's an asterisk. (laughs) (laughs) he's fine he's not he's not gonna be he's gone through this so for those worrying about that yeah i i say whatever who cares it's just i think it's nice to see this team competing like they did against the Sens. you know say what you want Mm -hmm. about that game galley hit it on the nose they lost the game in the second period they outplayed the senators that was a season high 48 shots this is one of the best offensive games have to play all year yeah defensive side of the puck not so great but you know, you live and you learn. We're building for next season. And I honestly, I'm just excited for June. I'm ready for that draft day. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the, the fans that are going to be hypercritical, they've been hypercritical all season. So I don't see why they don't extend that past the end of the season into the draft, into next season. It, they're just going to be that. But, um, I can't, I can't beat this team down. We were excited before the draft because they were winning, um, but we knew it was going to come to an end because we were going to lose the main people that was our offensive prowess that were, you know, destined to be moving. And that them leaving, you know, left a big chunk. And um, I mean, I'm. How can you be surprised about it? How can you say you can't do another year of it? You've been a Habs fan for a long time. I don't, I don't know why last year's brilliance sparked that. That, that was that was what we were expected to see for years for years to come. Um, but this is a this is a fucking team that that needs some work and uh, it's gutted, like you said, dude. It is a fucking bare bone house there's no drywall no nothing it's got to be re- rebuilt it's got to be put back together i can't really shit on <laughs> i can't shit on this team right now um and like you said i, w- I want to see them win every fucking game but if they lose i mean it is what it is it is what it is well you know we're staying we're not moving up in the standings we're not going to playoffs do i want to see them compete yes they're competing every night there's some games that get out of, uh, you know, that slip out of our way. But it's a fucking game. They're trying their best. It is what it is. A lot of them are real young and they're getting their fucking their chance to, to get, you know, some really great experience. So I can't be upset with them. But uh, I'm sorry we got to cut this a little short, Mason. Um, I have to go work for some basketball team that fucking sucks. Uh but yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I did want to speak on Arizona. I figured we could save it for Wednesday because I, I know you love talking about the Yotes. Um, 
Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. If you're ready to take us out, uh, you're more than welcome to. All right. Well, we appreciate everyone stopping by listening. Uh, apologize for not having an episode last Wednesday. It was my exam week. Still waiting on the results. So hopefully next Thursday, sorry, the Thursday episode we record Wednesday, uh, we'll have an update. Hopefully I passed. We'll see. Um, yeah, so that's why we didn't have an episode. That's my bad. I I don't know. I just, I forgot that the, my chem exam was on the Thursday and we just couldn't get anything going. So we apologize for that. But the good news is summer's coming up. And since the Habs have a lot invested in this draft, I'm going to be on the research grind. I'm going to be getting my prospect stuff going again. We're going to have a lot to talk about here. So we thank you once again for stopping by and we'll see you guys next Thursday. This has been Habs Nightly. Y'all have a great start to y'all week. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.